Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. I thank you so much for your faithful listening, and I pray that the broadcast has been a rich blessing in your life. Give us the opportunity to pray with you. Send your prayer request to prayer at kingdomrock.org. That's prayer at kingdomrock.org. I will be so glad to touch and agree with you, and I know that Jesus is still in the miracle business. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part two of the series entitled, What's Holding You Back? Today, we're going to talk about offending God. Oh, I know, offending God is not something that you want to do, but in our society today, it's something that happens. And I'm telling you, as a church and as individuals, we have to repent before God. And God can use us in these end times to spread His gospel all around the world. I'm telling you, God has blessings in store for you that you have never even seen, thought about, or even imagined. We just have to turn our hearts to Him. All right, without any further ado, here comes part number two in the series, What's Holding You Back? And it is subtitled, Offending God, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. And so they're come up to you. And you, Church of the Living God, must be in position to pray for them. You must be in position even to pray the prayer of salvation with them. Hallelujah. We've said there's no, there's no really magical words or formulas to, uh, to be born again. But the book of Romans, Romans 10, gives us a good, we call it the Roman road. If you confess with your mouth and if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you're going to be saved. And it's as simple, let me go this way, it's as simple as ABC. We said this before, ABC. A, admit that you are a sinner. B, believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And C, confess him as your Lord and Savior. A, B, C. Please remember that. Because it is a shameful thing that someone can come to church for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and still not know how to disciple another soul to Christ. Oh, I got my rock, my bag of rocks right here today. Hallelujah. A, B, C. Admit. My friend, do you admit that you are a sinner in need of a Savior? Yes, do you believe in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection? B. C. Would you confess him now as your Lord and Savior? And if they do that from their heart, God will hear them. And he will wash their sins away. To such a degree, it would be as though they had never done it. Justified. They'll be justified in the sight of God. Justified meaning just if they had never done it justified sins washed away we should be the ones telling the world the good news tell them hey have you heard the good news no what good news no you didn't save five percent on your car insurance or something like that 15 percent or whatever i just saved it. No, no, no. the good news is that god is willing to forgive all of your sins and wash them all away 
And it will be just as if you had never done it. The work has already been done. The good news that God's not mad at you. That he wants you to come home. The good news. But unfortunately, those that have the good news, many of them are so tight-lipped that the words won't come out. So I applaud that man of God. I applaud him for being in place for someone to hear. Now, every member of the body of Christ should do that. Children in our classrooms should be able to pray with someone. I don't know how to pray. Don't you? (laughs) Just talk to your father. And this is why this building is there. This is why we're here every week so that we can learn about the Lord so that we can get filled up so that we can pour out. Are you hearing me? We're here today so that we can get filled up and get poured out, pour out into the life of someone else that Jesus can use you. His spirit can use you to pour out into someone else's life. Say with me, I am fed to feed. I have been comforted to bring comfort to others. Does everybody understand that? So it must continue. It must continue. There must be a flow. If it's not flowing out of you, then you may need some ducalocks. You may need a spiritual enema. I think that's it. You may be stopped up, spiritually bloated, constipated. I got some rocks. Can I just be playing with you? It's got to flow through you. So you're going to have to ask the Lord, although it's not like, you know, in the human body, there is light comes in and light goes out. Does everybody understand what I'm saying to you? Pure water comes in and pure water should go out. Are you hearing? It's the spirit of God who teaches you and you take the words of God and you give them to someone else. Okay? The most important thing is go and make a friend. And then tell them about your friend. Okay, God will open up opportunities for you. It may be a phone call. Maybe someone that calls you offering you a, a great deal on long distance service, but you... Hey, have you heard the good news? Or someone that you may see that's down or depressed on the side of the road or someone at the food bank or somewhere. And you say, hey, what's, you all right? Well, so-and-so is happening. Ask them, would you mind if we, we pray? Can I pray with you? You will be amazed at the majority of people that at least I've come in contact with. Um, 99.9% of the people say, yes, please pray with me. I don't know how to talk to God. Yes, please pray with me. But you've got to be available. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're good people and a wonderful people of God. I'm telling you, I just want to encourage you today. You can do the work of Jesus, but you need Jesus to do that work. So ask him. Amen. So I look forward to hearing your testimony next week of how God used you to touch someone else's life. If we go week after week, week after week, week after week, month after month, year after year, and the Lord is, we say, God hasn't used me to touch anybody. Let me say, it's not on God's end. It's on your end. And there's not a shortage of 
doom, gloom, depressed people. There's no shortage of people going through hell right now. No shortage of that. So if God's saying, yes, and the people saying, I need it, then what's in the middle? You. Are you hearing? So we've got to be God's soldiers. We've got to get out there. I'm not telling you to go and knock on doors or, or do something special or even go out of the way. I'm telling you simply to hear from God, ask him for opportunities, then be open for him to use you. Could be at a subway, at a restaurant, anywhere. Jean Diane have a wonderful ministry of just going when they go and sit down at a restaurant. They'll ask the waitress, would you like us to pray with you? We're about to pray over our food. Would you like us to pray with you? And I've said that a number of times as well. Would you like us to pray with you? And I'm amazed sometimes at Christian people who get offended. Not the waitress, but those that are sitting at the table with me. Anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I'm called to do. You understand what I'm saying? That's what you are called to do. We're called to take the light of Christ and show it to the world. We are salt and light. Amen? Ah, I'm full. Praise the Lord. Are you ready? You ready, army of Christ, body of Christ? Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time that you've given us to gather around your rich word. Lord, we do pray that um, you would continue to speak to us. And Lord, we do invite the ministry of your Holy Spirit in this place. And Lord, we do uh, confess our sins before you and we ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us and wash us from all sins and unrighteousness that we may be, uh, that we may be in a position to hear from you today. Lord, help us to connect with you and to connect with each other. We look for a word from you today. Speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, as you know, we're in a series, and this is uh, part number two of the series, um, broad title, uh, moving forward, move forward, broad title, move forward, and that is the uh, season that we're in right now to move forward. On last week, we spoke from the subtitle of what's holding you back. What's holding you back? And remember, if you have not availed yourself to the media, either in CD or online or what have you, I would implore you. I, I, I know why Paul says so many times, I beseech you by the mercies of God. I beg you because some people are just hard of hearing. So I beg you to make use of the media that is available that God has placed in store for you. Amen. The CDs are at a price that everybody can afford, free. Online, it's at a price everybody can afford, free. You just have to put your time in. If you have a smartphone, you can download the Kingdom Rock app. The app is absolutely free. So I don't know what else to do. Praise Jesus. All right, here we go. We're going in on today, a part two of the message, What's Holding You Back? And we're going to subtitle this, Offending God. And you'll understand this as we go further on. Let's go today to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. 
uh, verses 21 through 26, one thing that you do not want to do is offend God. And we're going to find out this, uh, this is a very thrilling word. And I just want to encourage you and admonish all of you just really just to encourage you, let you know that you are mighty people of God. You are mighty people of God. And let me tell you now, heaven is there to back you up. The angels are there to back you up. There is so much that God has given to you and so much more that God wants to release to you. It is unparalleled what God really wants to do for you and through you. Let's look at this. Matthew 16, going to read uh, verses 21 through 26, and then we'll go forward, uh, forward today. This is Matthew 16, verses 21 through 20, 26 of the King James Version, and it reads like this. From that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Verse 22, you can highlight this, highlight verse 22 and 23 if you like in your Bibles or make special note. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. How about that? Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Verse 23, but he turned, Jesus, that is, Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever, shall, whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Verse 26, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world but lose his own soul? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now we're going to look at a few words today. In verse number 23, we see the word offense. Say with me, offense. Now, the Lord said, get thee behind me, Satan. Capital S, meaning a person there. Meaning at least at this moment, Satan had entered in into Peter and was attempting to frustrate the plan of God. Or at this moment, uh, Peter became as Satan. Now, the word Satan means adversary, one who comes to stand against, one who stands against. So the Lord Jesus could have been saying to Peter, you are an adversary to me. You are coming to stand against me, calling him Satan. Are you understanding? Now, we know that it is possible that... Um, that the enemy can influence someone or enter in into someone, uh, especially there in Bible time. We know that the Bible says clearly that Satan entered into Judas and he went and uh, talked to the uh, chief priests about, um, about the Lord and, and how he might betray him, getting the 30 pieces of silver. Isn't that correct? All right. But at this point, I believe the Lord is simply telling Peter, you are an adversary to me. 
you are coming against me. Peter, I'm sure thinking he's doing the Lord a favor. Lord, you're not going to die like that. Remember, Peter took Jesus. How about that? You'd like to take the Lord aside, pull him by the arm and say, come here, Jesus. Come here. This won't be what you just said to everybody in this group. Uh Uh-uh. That's not going to happen. I stand against that. What did Jesus say? Get behind me. You understand what I'm saying? At this moment, again, the Lord said, thou art an offense to me. Peter, at this moment, offended God. Are you still with me? The word offense here uh, in the Greek is uh, skandalon, skandalon, skandalon. Uh, And it it means uh, the movable stick or trigger of a trap, a trap stick, a snare. You remember those type of traps? And um, even we've seen like a rat trap before, right? Yeah. Yeah, y'all seen a rat trap. You seen on TV if you haven't seen it in real life. You seen a rat trap. I can't get no talk in here. That little stick on the end, that's where you put the cheese or that's where you put the peanut butter or what have you. You put it there and then when the mouse goes to the cheese, goes to the uh goes to the peanut butter, thank you. He trips the stick. And the trap, and I'm sorry about that little thing, and it's gone. So the word skandalon here in the Greek means that of a trigger of a trap, a trap stick, a snare, snare. So as the Lord tells Peter here, thou art an offense, he's saying, you are a trap. You're trying to set a trap for me. Understand this. You're going to see a little bit further on. Now, listen to the word again, scandalon. Say scandalon. What does that word sound like in the English language? Scandal. Boy, you're some scholars today. I'm telling you, that is correct. We get our English word scandal from scandalon. And scandal means an action or event regarded as uh, morally or legally wrong and causing general public outrage. You're outraging me, Peter. This is not making the Lord feel good, but this is, this is invoking feelings of anger. You think Jesus told Peter, um, get thee behind me, Peter? No, I believe it was with force. Get thee behind me. Are you hearing? So understand the word scandalon. Say again, scandalon. That was the word offense here as used there in the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter, where the Lord said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense, or thou art scandalon unto me. Now, last week we spoke uh, here in Matthew 13. Uh, verse 57 and it says remember when the Lord Jesus was in his in his own hometown and uh, he's there with all the power of God but it says in verse 57 and they were offended in him the uh, the people in his own hometown saw the miracles and the mighty works or they had heard about it and they said is this 
the one that we've been hearing about, don't we know his mother, his sisters, and everybody here? They were offended in him. Verse 57, they said, and they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, uh, save in his own country and in his own house. Now the word offended here is a similar word to scandalon, as we read, but it is a little bit different. The word offended here is scandalizo. Say scandalizo. And scandalizo is what we learned about on last week. And it means to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way. Remember we talked about, I asked you the question, has anyone ever thrown a banana peel in your way? You're you're walking, they throw a banana peel, they, they, they throw something purposefully in your path to cause you to trip. They put a stumbling block in your way. That's scandalizo. It means to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way. All right. Uh, To cause someone to fall. So in essence, we can see here that Jesus uh, or we can say the words of Jesus or Jesus himself was a stumbling block to them. Because they expected something else from God. But God said, I've got something else for you. They expected the, the Messiah to come one way, but God brought it in another way. We can pray and pray and pray and build up things in our mind and our imagination, how things should be five years from now, ten years from now, how they should be next week. We can have our own plans, but God can derail your plans and give you something else. And that something else that he gives you is far greater than what you thought or imagined. You may think it's small, but actually it will blow your mind. Are you hearing? So in essence here, uh, this scandalizo was man stumbling at God's word. Man stumbling at the word of God. Remember, God says, do something. He says, we say, I want you to give. Uh, What, Lord? That's stumbling at his word. He's saying, I don't want you to commit acts of fornication. That is no premarital sex. Uh, what, Lord? That's a, that's a stumbling over his word. In other words, you have the mind to do one thing, but God says something completely different. That's a stumbling over the word. Are you hearing me? So that was, again, scandalizo, but today we're going to talk about scandalon. Now, scandalon, again, uh, means when someone, in this case, Satan or man, tries to make someone, in this case, God, Christ, someone tries to make someone to stumble or entrap them, trying to entrap you uh, into sin or act outside of his will, act, trying to act trying to force or convince Jesus to act outside of his will uh, in an effort to make that person fall. So remember, Scandalon talks about a trap, a, a, a snare, that trap stick. Move the stick, smash. So this is what we're talking about today. And Scandalon, or as we here again get our English word from scandal, is an attempt to make you look bad. So that you will do something else. If you don't do this, it's going to come out in public. 
you're going to look bad. Don't do this, but do that. Now, why did Peter do that? Why was the enemy uh, coming up to the Lord? Jesus told us why. He said, uh, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense to me, for thou savorest. Thou savorest the things of man, not the things of God. The word savorest here means to have to have an understanding or to be wise, or it also means to have an opinion of oneself. Think of oneself. Peter, you're thinking of yourself. You're not thinking about the plan of God. That is scandalous. That is scandalon. Are you hearing me? When we think about us and not the plan of God. And I'm telling you now, everything that God wants for you is good and it is perfect and it is well-pleasing. Everything God wants for you, everything God desires for you uh, is something that is far above your imagination or even, even your thinking. It may not look like much in the beginning, but I tell you, wait until God puts his super on it and that thing becomes supernatural and it will blow your mind. You may have been hoping for one thing, but God gives you something completely different. And you say, this Lord? He says, yes, that. This Lord? Yes, that. That? You say, yes, Lord, I'll receive that. And you enter into another dimension of things that you never even thought possible. Are you hearing? So, again, in other words... There are two separate minds at place here, two separate minds in work uh, at work here, two separate minds, the mind of God and the mind of the enemy, the mind of good and the mind of bad. There are in conflict. There are two wheels in conflict, one with the other. In this case, of course, the mind of Satan was using Peter in an attempt to cause the plan of God to uh, be to be derailed or to fail because there was something else that he had in mind. Are you hearing? Now, put your tray tables in the upright position. Make sure you buckle your seatbelts because we're about to take off. Are you ready? Please observe the no smoking signs. Please observe the exits that the stewardesses are telling you about. In the event of emergency, of an emergency, you will find the little, a little air mass that comes and falls out of the ceiling. And you put it over yourself first, and then you put it over your neighbor. Are we ready to taxi down the runway? Well, let's go. Now, this was not the first time that Satan tried to frustrate, frustrate the plan of God or tried to be scandalous. Of the plan of God. As a matter of fact, we see here in Matthew four, uh, verses uh, verse number ten, uh, where the Lord was is in the mountain uh, we call the mountain of temptation, and the and the and Satan comes to him and tries to get him to do a, a whole lot of things. If you be the son of man, then make these uh, stones bread, and all this. If you be the son of man, then cast yourself down, and he'll give his angels charge over you. He's trying to give him an alternative way. And we find here in verse number eight, let me say this, Matthew four, eight, it says again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and show him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto them, these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto, unto him, get thee hence Satan, same language, 
Get thee hence, Satan, for thou, or rather, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, I want you to remember that language, get thee hence, or get behind me. Because there is something offensive ahead that is trying to derail your destiny, that is trying to pull you off course, that is trying to uh, take away God's best for your life. And there are times when you're going to have to say that, get thee behind me. Whether it's a circumstance or situation or, or sickness or, or whether it is poverty, this thing is, is an affront to God and it is an affront to me. Be moved and be cast into the sea. You will not hinder the plan of God from manifesting in my life. Get behind me. Amen. Are you hearing what we're saying today? So let's look now. I want to see something else. You can make a note of this. And um, Jesus also said in Matthew 12, Matthew 12, verses 30 through 32. Here again, we're speaking from the subject of offending God. You don't want to offend God. And at the same time, the enemy, if he were wise, should not want to offend you. Because where is God living? God lives on the inside of us. Greater is he who's within us than he that is in the world. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And as long as we are on the Lord's side, if an offense comes, it's not just offending you, but it's also offending him. I guarantee you if someone comes up to your child and offends your child, you won't be happy about it. If they slap your child, slap your baby. Parents, if they slap your child, they offend your child. Are you going to just sit there and smile? It's going to cause a reaction. It's going to cause anger. It's going to cause something to happen on the inside of you. So when your child is offended, you are offended. And when you as a child of God are offended, don't you understand that God is also offended? As long as you are on the Lord's side. Are you hearing? Matthew, look at Matthew 12, verses 30 through 32. It says this. He said, um, he that is what the Lord Jesus is saying. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of, Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world uh, to come. To blaspheme against the Holy Ghost is not to say, oh, the Holy Ghost is a mess. That's not blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Understand blaspheming here as he's talking about, remember he said, whosoever speaks against or blasphemes against, that is to stand in opposition to. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to stand in opposition to him. Stand in opposition to what? Now, how do you know you're standing in someone's way? I mean, let's, let's give you an example. If I'm trying to head, if I'm trying to um, go to Alabama on I-20, and if someone sets up roadblocks 
on the uh, the side of I-20 that goes toward Atlanta, that's not a hindrance to me. You have to know where I'm going. You have to know what I'm doing in order to frustrate my plan, in order to stop or to bring hindrance or to come against me. So to frustrate or to come against the Holy Spirit of God, in order to do that, you have to know what he's doing or what is the Holy Spirit doing right now in this world. His uh, chief purpose and role in this earth today is to bring souls to Jesus. He will use miracles, signs, and wonders, and all these other things, but they're all the purpose of it is to bring people to Jesus, bring people to Christ. So if someone stands in the way and continues to stand in the way of souls coming to Christ, then they are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. If they stay in that condition, not just one instance, but their entire life, they die in that condition, standing in the way, standing in opposition, saying in so many words, you will not come to Jesus. You will not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. No, no, no. That is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And that will not be forgiven in this life or in the next. Because they were a hindrance. They were a hindrance. To people coming to know Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, here again, that must be done over a lifetime until death. There are some uh, former Satanists, oh, whom their life was to uh, trip churches up, to trip pastors up and all that. But now they're born again and really saved. Here again, yes, they were blasphemous, but it was not over whole life until death. They didn't die in that condition. Are you understanding? And God turned their lines around and used them greatly. Amen? Amen. All right. But let's look at this and then we're going to, as we begin to uh, close out today. Are y'all still with me today? Now, scandalous, scandalon, set a trap. In an effort to make someone else look bad, to push their agenda. You see that on some shows. I think there was a show called Scandalous or something. Scandal and all that. And, and we see politicians throwing mud at each other during uh, campaigns, trying to start a scandal so that they will look bad and make themselves look good. Throwing a scandal over there so they look bad and to trip them up to make them fall so that they will be standing in the time of election. Does that make sense to you? Now let me bring this all uh, down home to us today. Understand that today we say that here in Bible times that um, in the example there, the Lord Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, you are on offense to me. Because you savor the things of man, you're concerned, you're thinking about the things of man, and you're not concerned about the things of God, God's plan. Let me tell you this now. Much of our culture today is offensive to God. Take a broad picture. Much of our culture today is offensive to God. It's coming against God. Uh, much of what we call entertainment is offensive to God. Our movies, our music, our books, our magazines, our newspapers, our advertisements, television shows, radio shows are offensive to God. Much of it is offensive to God. 
Much of what we call the modern day church is offensive to God. Much, not all. Are you hearing? Much of today's so-called or many of today's so-called Christians are offensive to God. Not all, but many are. Offensive. Anytime God says one thing, but we, that is our society, our, uh, or our parents, as we're raising our children, God says one thing and we say something else, it's offensive to God. We say one thing, or God says one thing, and, and movies say something else. Entertainment says something else. Society says something else. Government says something else. School curriculums say something else. And then someone gets in a pulpit and says something else. It's offensive to God. There should be a divine echo. God says one thing and we say the exact same thing. Anything else is offensive. Offensive meaning that there's something coming against it, trying to trip it up, trying to make a snare so that what God said looks bad and what the enemy says looks good. Are you hearing? Well, understand something. The Lord's look at in Matthew. You can write this down. Mark 7, Mark 7 verses um, 6 through 13. The Lord Jesus dealt with this sort of scandalous thing many times in the word. But here's a clear picture of it here in Mark 7 verses 6 through 13. I'm going to read it to you. This makes it so very, very clear. And you'll see this happening in our society today. And you'll also understand that judgment, the judgment of God, the wrath of God will come upon the children of disobedience. And so when wrath falls, you don't want to be around it. How are you around it? If God says, don't do it, but then the nations or the false gods of this land says, do it. Well, then when judgment falls, all of us that are over there that are agreeing with it will receive the same fate of those that are over there. Let me give you another example of that. I have a little cat at home. I'm fond of my little cat. And sometimes I have to, as my duty as dad, I'm also chief exterminator. And when I see ants or some sort of other spiders or some critters or some insects like that, well, I have to, I break out my house defense kit there, little spray, you know, spray thing. And I, I go around the edge of the house and I spray the edges of the house. And on the package, it says, don't spray this around small animals. It could hurt them. So while my wrath is being poured out upon the ants and spiders, I tell my children, keep the cat inside. Because I don't want the cat to suffer my wrath that goes out upon these insects. Are you hearing? So here again, if we're out of place when the wrath of God is poured out, because we're so we've so bought into the system of the world, so bought into the lies of the world. If we're out of place and you get sprayed by the wrath of God, which was never meant for you. Does that make sense to you? 
Now, let me give you a very clear case here as we begin to close in Mark 6, rather Mark 7, verses, six, verses number 6 through 13. Listen to what it says. He answered and said unto them, Well hath um, Elias prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse 7, Howbeit in vain they, they um, worship me teaching for doctrine the commandments of men for laying aside the commandment of God ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many such and many other such like things ye do and he said unto them full well ye reject the commandment of God full well you reject the word of God, if you will, that ye may keep your own tradition. Verse 10 says, for Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother and whosoever a cursed father or mother, let him die the death. Now, listen, this is what God said. This is what God told Moses to do in the Ten Commandments. He said, if you dishonor father or mother, that soul must die. This is a commandment. This is the word of God as God gave it, gave it to Moses. Listen to the contrary word in verse number 11. It starts off with, but ye say. Two contrary thoughts. This is what God said, but then this is what you say. He said, but ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban, uh, that is to say, uh, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. In other words, don't worry about dying. If you offend your father and mother, you don't worry about dying. No, just pay the fee and we'll sweep it under the rug. Just give us some money whereby we, the priests, can be profited. Just give me some money. Just bribe me and you'll go away free. God said, die, but they said, hey, no, give me the money. We understand what God said. Yes, that's God up there. That's the mind of God. But you don't have to do that. Here's what you can do. Amen. Two minds in operation. Do you see this? Verse, verse 12 says, and ye suffer uh, him uh, no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making, look at verse 13, making the word of God of none effect through your traditions, which ye have delivered in and, and many such like things ye do. So there's a contrary thing. There is a scandal going on. Jesus is planning to do one thing. Here again, going back in the example that we started with, Jesus is planning to do one thing, but there is a mind of Satan standing and opposing him, saying, no, Lord, this shall not be. God says one thing, but here's the enemy saying something else. Are you hearing? Amen. Offending God. Now, as we begin to close my fifth closing today, Oh, y'all stay with me. Here's a warning from the Lord. Beware of false doctrine or teachings proclaimed in our movies, in our entertainment, society, in our government, in our schools, in our churches. Satan has already been at work to make wrong 
appear to be right. Beware of that. The enemy is already at work, already not starting. He's already at work to make wrong appear to be right in an effort to deceive man into offending God. God said so-and-so is wrong. But here comes that Zona movie. Oh, it must be so right. For years, James Bond got all the women and he was the biggest fornicator I've ever seen in my life. And a role model to many. I'm going to be like Jane Bond. I'm going to do this and that and the other. Rap stars and other public figures, they live these lewd lifestyle with drugs and alcohol and, and loose women. And God says it's bad, it's wrong, but it makes it look so good. There are two minds at work here. The question is, are you going to be outside and getting sprayed or are you going to be inside the house? Are you hearing? There are two minds at work. What does God call wrong? And what is the enemy trying to shove down your throat? I'm telling you now, the enemy is trying to shove wrongs down your throat. Every time you turn on the television, every time you, you go to the supermarket and you, and you look at the nakedness here, the enemy is trying to shove something down your throat in advertisement. He's trying to shove another desire. He's trying to shove another doctrine, another teaching down your throat, wanting you to accept this thing that he knows that God says is wrong in an effort to cause you to offend God. And then the wrath of God falls down upon you. What are we talking about? What is offensive to God? I need some clear-cut examples, Pastor. I'm so glad that you said that. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. Listen to how this reads out of the New, out of the New Living Translation. I picked this translation because it breaks it down a little bit easier. It makes it a little bit easier for me to bring it to you. And this is what it says. This is 1 Corinthians 6, verses uh, 9 through 11. It says, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people, uh, or rather, or cheat people, uh, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Now here's the good news. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Church, we have to repent. Church, we have to repent. Because some of the things that we call entertainment and we like to watch, they're cursing up a storm. They're fornicating and adulterizing. They're drinking. They're snorting. They're rooting. They're tooting. They're doing all of that. And we clap. And we applaud it. It's deep in us now. It's rooted in us now. And it's time for the Spirit of God to uproot that junk in us. So that when the Lord comes. 
comes when the Lord calls for his church, the church will be ready to go up and see the Lord. But we've got to get this cancer out of us. We've got to get the king's meat out of us. We have dined at the king's table of licentiousness. We've dined at the king's table of pride and selfishness. But now it's time for us to detox. We got to get detox and get away from that because the wrath of God is coming. I wonder, are you hearing me today, church? We've got to get away from that. The Bible says in in James, the fourth chapter, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Well, I just like to go out and have fun, pastor. Well, do you have to dance with the devil when you do it? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We've got to cry out to God. We've got to cry out to God. We've got to cry out to him. It's in us deeply. We're still sneaking online watching nasty stuff. We're still gossiping behind the back corners. We're still doing the things that we know are wrong and then we go back and repent. It's in you and we need to admit, God, it's in me. Save me. Until we cry out to him, that will remain in you. And you think that you won't want to go outside on that day? Here comes the sprayer. The father has a sprayer coming to spray around the house. But then here comes the devil at the door. Come on out of here, cat. I got something you like out here. You know you like this. Come on out. What can the enemy use to lure you away out of the presence of God? What can he use to pull you out of the presence of God? As the Lord Jesus said, the prince of the world is coming, but he has nothing in me. And that needs to be our confession. The enemy is coming with this temptation, but nothing that he has, I, I don't desire that anymore. I don't want anything the devil has anymore. That thing has been uprooted from my life. And now I live in holiness, righteousness, and truth. By the spirit of God, he has, he has mortified the deeds of my flesh and I live. But we must repent before God. We've got to say, God, it's me. I stand in the need of prayer. God, it's me. I stand guilty. God, it's me. I'm guilty of this. And I ask you by your spirit to wash me, to cleanse me, because I don't want anything that is offensive to you in my life. Cleanse my palates of the taste of it. Cleanse my heart of, uh, of, the, of the feelings of it. Cleanse my mind of the thought of it. Cleanse my eyes. I've set a watch about my eyes. I don't want to see it. The only way we're going to be cleared of this thing that is so tasty. Oh, the king's meat is so tasty. It is so delicious. We're going to have to resist it just like Daniel did. We're going to have to resist it and say no. Because all of us know what happens when we partake of that wrong stuff. Are you hearing in my seventh closing, let me close by reading this passage of scripture 
a lot of scripture because I want God, I want the Lord to talk to you. Let me give you this end time warning for the church in Romans, the first chapter, verses 18 through 32. I'll be reading this to you out of the New Living Translation. Again, it it simplifies it. I want you to hear how it says, hear what it says, because the world is shoving stuff down your throat, saying that abortion is okay, saying that alternative lifestyles are okay. But God said it's not. And so the question will be, whose side will you be on? Whose opinion will you be on? Are you hearing? Listen to this end time warning for the church. And in Romans, the first chapter, verses 18 through 32 out of the New Living Translation, I want you to hear it straight from the pages of the Bible. Because we're living in these times. Are you ready? This is what it says. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinfulness rather against all um, sinful wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness now stop right there for a second he said the anger of God or King James says the wrath of God will be poured out upon those who suppress the truth now the world as good as it is in so many respects wise as it thinks it is cannot suppress the truth only the church can suppress the truth by not saying it we suppress the truth the devil is not strong enough to hold back the messiah he's not strong enough to hold back the word of god it'd be like fire shut up in our bones if we don't say it we are the ones who can suppress the truth or hold it back Verse 19, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they are so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Speaking, of course, of the world. No excuse for not knowing God. He makes it apparent. But we, of course, can suppress it and make it harder for them to hear it. Are you hearing? Almost done. Verse 21. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worship idols made, made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desired. As a result... They did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Verse 25, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Verse 26, that is why God abandoned them to their selfish 
desires. Even the women turned against the natural way uh, to have sex and instead indulge in sex with, with, with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sex, sexual relations with women, burn with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with each, rather with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffer within themselves the penalty they deserve. 28. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking to let them do things uh, that should never be done. Verse 29, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, gossip. Uh, They are backbiters, rather backstabbers, haters of God, uh, insolent, proud, and boastful. They intend new, rather, they invent new ways of sinning, and, and they disobey their parents. Verse 31, they refuse to understand, break their promises, their heart, they, rather, they refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. Verse 32, finally, they know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do, to do them too. And that is what our society is doing, not only saying it's okay to do it, but they are encouraging you to do it. All in an attempt to get man to offend God so that the wrath of God will fall on man so that man will have the same fate that Satan has. But we have to say, no, whenever these opportunities come your way, you declare like Jesus said, get thee hence, get thee behind me. You are an offense to me. I will not go that way. I will follow the way that Jesus has set before me. I pray for the word of God today. We're done in Jesus mighty name. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Jesus. Father, I thank you that your word has been released. It will find its target. It will accomplish the thing that you have sent it forth to do. I release it now by faith and declare it done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. As we said today, church, we need to repent. The things of the world are deep and it's caused us to compromise time after time after time after time again you can say out of your mouth I'm going to serve the Lord but there's something deep inside that says I don't know I think I may still want to do something well well that's it my friends for this recorded message thank you so much for hearing this audio CD now here's the next step take the CD out and share it with a friend And don't forget, there is a QR code that is quick response code on the front of the CD. Well, you just take your smartphone out and you scan that code. And guess what? You'll install the Kingdom Rock app right on your mobile device. And in the Kingdom Rock app, 
Uh, it's available, of course, in the Android market and iPhone, and you can have the web app if you have another type of phone. Well, once you scan that code, you'll have access into our entire archive of messages. There are probably hundreds or thousands of messages there that you can hear, and they're made new and fresh, uploaded fresh every single week to the glory of the Lord. So I want you to take advantage of that. It's going to be a blessing to you. All right. Well, before we go, I want to just say a word of prayer over your life, and I pray that God will richly bless you. Would you take a moment and pray with me? Oh, wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, I thank you for my friend that is right now listening to this audio CD. I ask you to bless them and cause your light to shine upon them and cause them to see better days, cause them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And Father, I pray that the power of darkness will be broken off of their lives and that they would see Jesus plainly, brightly, and victoriously in their own lives. Bless my friend today, I ask, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you know, here's a good time to do it. So just continue to play the CD, and I'm going to lead you in the prayer of salvation. And of course, there is no magical words, no magical words that will get you into the kingdom of God. But this short prayer of salvation can start you on the way. Then after we finish praying, do me a favor, look for a good local church, a good Bible-believing local church that will help you in your spiritual growth and development. Get baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, and I pray that you will be filled with God's precious spirit. And remember, if you're ever in the Bremen area, you're welcome, more than welcome, to stop by and worship with us. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., just check our website for more details at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, are you ready to pray? Let's pray. I'll pray for you and then you just repeat after me, okay? Father, your word declares that those who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. So Lord, I'm bringing my friend to you right now, regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they have done. I know that the blood of Jesus was shed on their behalf and you want to forgive them. You're waiting to do it. And I ask you that you would hear us as we pray. All right, my friend. All right, come on, let's pray together. And just say with me, Father, I admit that I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have fallen short of your plans for my life. But I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is a savior of the world. And I may not know how everything works, but I do believe. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and to fill me and to make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I need you and I thank you for washing my sins away and making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I believe that that is the start of a wonderful relationship between you and God the Father. Continue in His rich word and join us next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio. We love you now. God bless you. <laughs>